for the second week in a row, we are uh, in uh, the first letter of Peter. It's a small little letter found in our New Testament. Um, today, it's 1 Peter chapter 3, verses uh, 13 through, I thought I changed it, 18a. Yes, 13 through 18a, 1 Peter chapter 3. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated. But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous and for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me once more? God, we pray that we have the ability to hear with clarity what it is that you would have us to hear in this moment. We pray for open hearts, open minds, open ears, and if need be, open eyes. And we pray that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel an instrument of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. The word uh, good appears 682 times in Scripture. In the little letter that is 1 Peter, it appears 15 times, which is a large number in proportion considering that all of Scripture 682, 15 just in this little bitty letter. Now, the verb suffer or some relation to suffer appears 42 times in the New Testament. And 12 of those 42 times, suffer or some usage of the word suffer appears in 1 Peter. 12 of 42 in 1 Peter. Again, this is a large amount in proportion. There are a few places that combine suffering and doing good like First Peter. So I'm going to sum it up for you, make it simple. Here is the main theme from the first letter of Peter. Do good. There may be times in life where you suffer for doing good, but you still do good. There may be suffering in your life. There may be suffering because you follow Christ. Do good. That's 1 Peter in a nutshell. Just as it seems as if sometimes the command to love is overemphasized in Scripture, so too is the command to do good really, really emphasized. Constantly. We are reminded in the scriptures to do good. 
Just do good. In what we may dub as good times, do good. In what we may deem as bad times, do good. In all times in between, do good. You cannot always control the outcomes of your actions or the consequences of your interactions with all the variables that surround your life, but we are reminded throughout Scripture, and especially in 1 Peter, that we can do good no matter what. Even in times of suffering, 1 Peter reminds us, do good. It's like one of the principles that I had in high school. Every day, he would come across the intercom. He would lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. He would do the announcements. And then at the end of the thing, he would always say the same thing to remind us. He would say, learn something. Every day, learn something. Peter is like that principle for us over and over again, reminding us, do good. Even if it hurts you. Even if you are hurting, do good. Now, much is made of the fact that uh, we as modern Americans, we have little experience with suffering as experienced by so many of our relatives from other generations uh, and for people in other parts of the world as well. Um, with some exceptions, those who make such claims, they do kind of have a point. Um, they don't always have the point, though. I know plenty of us in here today who know what true suffering is like. Many of us know what suffering is like. But we do have conveniences in our lives that lessen a lot of would-be sufferings that other societies have not had. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there are uh, things in our life that take away a lot of our suffering that other people have never been uh, able to have in their lives. Um, to put it another way, uh, with the exception of the tragic and painful sufferings that many of us have experienced or will experience that there is no remedy for, uh, we have, if not a remedy, then something to numb all the other little sufferings. A lot of our suffering can have the appearance of being alleviated or it can be put on a temporary leave, of course, at a cost. With that said, one way that we induce suffering upon ourselves as modern people is through worry. Worry. Suffering produces worry, and worry produces suffering. I say with confidence that we worry more than any other previous society, even though we have more and more things that alleviate our suffering. We worry a lot, and we suffer from that worry a lot. And part of this is because we hear about bad news all the time. It's really the only news that we hear, 
bad news. We are subjected to hearing about bad news from places that we will never know. (laughs) We hear about bad news from places that we will never see or set foot in. Turn on the TV. There's this bad thing. Log on to the internet. Pick up your phone. Here's another bad thing. Turn on the TV and you see a commercial. It's about this medicine for this disease. And you think, oh no, maybe I have that. Maybe one day I'll get it. Bad news, gloom and doom, everywhere, all the time, gloom and doom. You see, we, 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 we see the extremes of, of widespread suffering in the world. We see all these extremes of widespread suffering, and we see far more than we are emotionally or, or mentally meant to be exposed to as humans. We aren't meant to see all of that and to hear all that. We're not meant to carry all the weight of that. And as a result, we worry. And that worry causes us to suffer. The more suffering that we see or that we hear about that is not directly in our own backyard, the more we will suffer with thoughts of worry of our own well-being and the well-being of those we love because we think, well, if it happens to them over there, surely I'm next. Suffering produces worry and worry produces suffering. And so we we add the suffering of our worry to our actual suffering, our actual suffering that does happen in our life from time to time, and what happens is we become paralyzed by it. And what happens when we're paralyzed by our actual suffering and the worry of our not actual suffering? We failed to do good. We failed to do good. And there's plenty of good to be done in our homes, in our own backyard, in our community, in our church. Everything does not have to be gloom and doom all the time. Everything does not have to be nightmare after nightmare after nightmare and suffering. And we may not be able to eliminate such things from all places all the time, the nightmares and the suffering and the gloom and doom. We may not have the ability to to fix all the things that need fixing so that suffering does not exist everywhere. But that is not our job. That job belongs to something way more powerful than us. What is our job? Do good. Wherever we are, that's our job. That is our only job. Do good. Now, there is this quote that has long been attributed to John Wesley. Um, 
I had to stop Thomas this morning because I heard him asking somebody about it. And I had to tell him, you know, John Wesley didn't actually say that. And otherwise, I wouldn't have corrected him. But the fact of the matter is, is that in the sermon, I was going to point out that John Wesley didn't actually say this. So trying to save Thomas the embarrassment and also trying to prevent the, the spread of misinformation, uh, which is, in itself, doing good. Yeah. But people have long attributed this to Wesley. It's, it's been known as a John Wesley quote. We'll call it a, a non-Wesley quote. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways that you can, in all the places you can, at all times you can, to all people that you can, as long as you ever can. Not John Wesley, but whoever said it, they get it. All the good, by all the means, in all the ways, in all the places, all the time, to all the people, as long as you can. Do all the good. Do all the good. God will take care of everything else. Do not worry. Just do good. Even if it hurts, do good. Even if you are hurting, do good. Do like the great Mary Oliver in one of her poems. She says, I worried a lot. Will the garden grow? Will the rivers flow in the right direction? Will the earth turn as it was taught? And if not, how shall I correct it? Was I right? Was I wrong? Will I be forgiven? Can I do better? Will I ever be able to sing? Even the sparrows can do it. And I am, well, hopeless. Is my eyesight fading or am I just imagining it? Am I going to get rheumatism, lockjaw, dementia? Finally. I saw that worrying had come to nothing and gave it up and took my old body and went out into the morning and sang. Ah, yes, singing, that is something good. That is something good that we can do right now.
number 174 in your hymnal. His name is wonderful.